Welcome back to part two of our interview with Michelle Grosser. If you have not had a chance to listen to part one, please hit that pause button and go listen to episode 27 first. In this three-part series, I'm chatting with Michelle Grosser. Michelle is a nervous system expert, a certified master life coach, and the host of the Calm Mom podcast. Through somatic and neuroscience-based modalities, she coaches women through discovering what's beneath their triggers and emotions so they can begin their healing journey and find peace in the present. She deeply believes that the most profound thing we can offer our children is our own healing. In today's episode, Michelle is going to walk us through the difference between reacting to a stress trigger versus responding to one, how we can remap our neural pathways, the effect stress can have on autoimmune diseases, and some healthy habits you can add into your daily routine to help regulate your nervous system. So let's jump back into our chat with Michelle. Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work and time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode of Mom Wife for Real Life. The little refresher, yesterday Michelle walked us through what a somatic response is how stress affects our nervous system, how to start listening to our bodies, and how letting out your emotions help regulate your system. Now let's jump back into our conversation in part two. What is the difference between responding to a trigger versus reacting to a trigger? So that's a good question. I think there is a precious moment between a stimulus and a response, right? There is a, a brief second between us being triggered by something or something happening or, you know, a comment from our kids or a look from our husband and how we respond to it or react to it. And I mean, those are just labels put on it, but it, really the difference is just our intention. When we are reacting, we're immediately flying into the part of our brain that's just responsible for survival. It's a stress response. So that feels like, an attack very often, or it feels like emotional volatility very often, or it's just like, that's when we snap. That's just a reaction. But we want to be able to get to a place where we can actually sit in that space between the stimulus and our response, and then consciously choose how we're going to decide. Like, yes, that comment was absolutely out of line or disrespectful, or like whatever it is that's like getting on our nerves. And I have the capacity to take a deep breath, regulate my nervous system, right? And bring myself to a place where I have access to my prefrontal cortex, which is the part of my brain that is responsible for like any part of me that's like mature and shows up good, right? So like our communication, our high level communication and being able to see things from different perspectives and compassion and curiosity and all of these things. That's what we want to be able to access when we're feeling triggered. But it's really hard to do that when we don't have the patterning to pause and then consciously choose how to decide. So it's just, it's really just creating a new pattern and responding and having tools in our back pocket that we know help our nervous system to regulate. And it's definitely a practice because, yeah, 
the scenario my head went to when you were talking was communicating with my children and them setting me off, especially in the morning with just fighting, trying to get them out of the house. And it's my response to it. I have to stop, take a deep breath, know that if I react in a negative way, it is just fuel on the fire. It's going to cause more stress for them, more stress for me. And I don't want my kids going to school with all that stress. I want them to be able to have a positive mindset walking into whatever challenges that day may bring. And I think it's really important with positive parenting and communicating with your children to really set them up for a successful day. And if you're the one pent up with the stress and adding fuel to the fire, you're just setting them out into the world that day on such a negative foot. So I totally get that. Yeah, something that I've been reminding myself of lately or lately and also when my kids were younger is just like this little mantra of like, peace begins with me. Peace begins with me. Like if I'm not in a place of like regulation and that peace, the whole thing is just a dumpster fire. Like it's just a mess. It has to start with me. I love that. In one of your episodes, you talk about remapping your neuropathways. Where does one even start? So we all have patterns, you know, since conception of how we act, how we think, the words that we choose and say, like everything we do is is patterned in our brain. And the things that we do over and over again are these super highways of our actions and our thoughts and our words. And our brain is just so efficient in, in operating in those pathways because we consistently reinforce them, right? So you can think of it as like a super speed highway. We all have things that we want to change. So like, where do we start? Well, I think we start in just growing an awareness of like things that aren't serving us any longer that we want to be doing differently. So I guess for me personally, something that I've been trying to rewire, and you can do this with anything, but I've made this commitment that I don't want to pick up my phone for the first hour of the day that I'm awake. Because I don't know, since I got a phone 20 years ago, I don't, I don't know when, I wake up, right? I keep it by my bed. I wake up and I look at it first thing in the morning and I check my podcast downloads. I check my email. I check my bank account. I check like all of these things that are not good for my nervous system to start the day, nor is like just that bright blue light in my face, right? So I'm making a decision that I'm not going to do that. But my neural pathway to pick up my phone, like the minute my eyes open and consciousness comes to my being, is such like a super speed highway. Like I can find it without my glasses. I know exactly where it is. I know how to turn it on. My finger goes like straight to the Instagram app or whatever app that I'm opening, right? Like I, I do it subconsciously because it's so patterned. So the first thing is I have to gain this awareness that there's something that I want to do differently. Change always starts with awareness. And then I have to make a conscious choice of what I'm going to replace that with. When I get that urge to grab my phone first thing in the morning, whatever pattern it is that you're wanting to move away from or new thing you want to introduce, whenever you feel the urge to walk in the old pattern, you have to consciously make the choice to do the new pattern. And the brain science is actually starting to show that when we have the awareness of walking in our old pattern, it like kind of unlocks the old pattern, right? And then it's the brain science is showing now that we have four hours, which is so interesting, to actually create a new neural pathway, i.e. to move in a different direction or to take the different action or to do the thing differently. And then that new neural pathway will start to be formed. Otherwise, if we don't actually take the action, like let's say we're like, I'm going to start working out every day. And then I 
realize I haven't worked out yet today. And that gets unlocked in my brain. If within the four hours, I don't take that new action, the the old neural pathway actually gets stronger. Like it almost cements back even stronger because we've chosen that old neural pathway again. And it's made it even faster and even smoother for us. So when we make the decision to act differently, we actually operate and create a new neural pathway. But that new one doesn't look like a super speed highway. It looks more like, I don't know, a jungle with all of this like debris and vines and branches, and it's not easy to walk through. And that's why it's so hard for us. And we feel like we face so much resistance to like starting new habits or changing ways that we're doing things because we literally have a super speed highway in our brain of our old way. And now we're trying to like drench through the jungle of this new narrow pathway. But over time, as we consistently choose that new pattern, we start to make a new way, right? Like some of that branch starts to get cut away. And then all of a sudden we have like a dirt road there, even though it's like kind of muddy and we get stuck sometimes. And all of a sudden it's like a well-worn path. And then all of a sudden we create a new narrow pathway, our new way of being. It takes like 60 to 90 days usually for our brain to actually be able to create this new neural pathway that's efficient. And then that old one, if we don't run in that old way of operating anymore, will actually start to atrophy. And that's how we can rewire our brain. But it requires first the awareness that there's something we want to do differently and then taking the action consistently to actually do it differently as it becomes our new way of being. That's a really long answer for your first That was an amazing answer. And it makes complete sense how you explained it. Because with any new habit, they say it always takes 60 to 90 days for it to become an actual habit, but you never hear the science behind it. But now when I'm trying to get a new habit in place, I'm going to picture that jungle and know that I just need to cut those vines and make that path and it might actually stick. Just got to get out my mental machete. How does stress affect autoimmune diseases? I know there's so many people and I suffer from an autoimmune disease. And hearing that you're able to holistically reduce symptoms means this can be a game changer for so many of my listeners. Yeah, I agree. So the thing about being dysregulated in our nervous system, there's three neural circuits, right? So there's our, our state where we, we just put the label that we're regulated. We're within that window of tolerance. Things are functioning from a place of calmness and presence. And then there's two dysregulated states. There's a state where we're kind of activated and anxious and irritable and edgy. And then there's the state where our body and our system has just been so overwhelmed that it decides to just shut down. And that's when we experience burnout or dissociation or disconnection or just like the blahs, right? Like we're so over it that we're just like shutting down. And the thing is, is that when we are dysregulated, it shows up in different ways. It shows up mentally and emotionally. So a lot of times when we think of being dysregulated, we just think of like screaming at someone or like our kids having a temper tantrum. And that's true. But signs of dysregulation are also like brain fog, procrastination, being chronically tired is a sign of being dysregulated, being like spacing out. It's like when our kids are like, mom, mom, I'm like, ah, what? Like I totally was not here for the last 20 seconds. That's a sign of dysregulation, anxiety. And there's also physical signs of dysregulation. So if you struggle with sleep, right, insomnia, a lot of times that's rooted in dysregulation. Hormone issues rooted in dysregulation. Gut issues are rooted in dysregulation, IBS. And autoimmune conditions are rooted in 
dis- a dysregulated nervous system. And the tie between our nervous system and our immune system, it's, it's so tied, right? When our body experiences high level of stress, it goes into reaction mode to be able to respond to that. And that affects all of our systems. So it literally pushes resources and blood to our extremities and to our heart so that we're able to run or fight because it thinks that there's this real threat coming. And that moves resources away from our gut. So it affects our digestion. And then our immune system kicks into action, which causes a lot of inflammation. So the research is still really ongoing with a lot of this. But people who have, you know, Hashimoto's or all these like lupus, a lot of different rapes, disease, a lot of different kinds of autoimmune conditions find that when they really get to the source of nervous system healing and dealing with a lot of these traumas in their um, past and just things that they've experienced that have caused their body to be in a, a chronic stress response, that it changes the release of hormones in their body. It changes the way their immune system functions because it doesn't have to be on such high alert. We are able to repair from the burnout and the depletion, right, in our cells and in our, in like from a cellular level of everything that's being thrown at us. And it has an impact on every part of our being, including symptoms of autoimmune conditions. I think that can seriously be a life changer for so many people. I know myself, I have dermatographia, which is a skin based autoimmune thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking for like, different foods and different diets, but I, it never even occurred to me that it could just be stress on my body. So that's definitely a path. And that's why when I started listening to your podcast, those were the light bulbs that were going off in my head to say, you mean I, I don't have to feel like this all the time? I, I can do something because there's no pill you could take for what I have. So it's definitely a lot of work I'm going to be doing for myself. How do you nourish your brain and your nervous system? So there's a lot of habits and a lot of components that go into nervous system health. And obviously what we are consuming plays a part in that because our systems all function together. So I think the ways in which you nourish your nervous system and hydrate your nervous system are similar from the ways that you would get from, you know, any like nutritionist or health expert, right? We want to make sure that we're eating whole foods that are nourishing to our body so they can function as they're intended. Food can also be regulating to our nervous system. Our nervous system really responds to things like temperature. So if we are feeling really anxious and kind of wired, even having like soups or stews or like like thing like things that are like warm for our body can actually be really soothing and regulating to our nervous system. So why when we're sick also, like soup is just so, it's like so good for our soul and that the temperature of it and everything about it is like soothing to our nervous system. And then on the flip side too, if we're actually feeling burnt out or disconnected or dissociated or when you notice that we're like just kind of spacing out, we can actually introduce foods that are really fresh and cold and that actually has an impact on our nervous system. So like drinking some ice water, having like, a popsicle or just something that feels really like fresh, like a, like a salad maybe actually has an impact on our nervous system. And then when it comes to hydrating our bodies, that's a huge factor in our nervous system. Our, our brain requires a certain level of hydration in order for our neurons to be able to communicate effectively and for everything to function up there as it's designed. So we just want to make sure 
that we're taking in enough nourishing foods and, and hydrating our bodies so that those systems can be functioning properly. And one of the symptoms or signs of dysregulation is when we actually feel disconnected from our own body. So when we are operating from a state of dysregulation, we can notice that we feel like we're often having out-of-body experiences. Like we might even feel like we're literally numb to like pain, like our bodies won't experience pain the same way. So that can have an impact on what we're eating and drinking too. Like it's why some days you can like just jump into work and then it's 2 p.m. and you're like, oh my gosh, like I haven't even eaten anything yet today. Or some of my clients that tend to operate in this space and like, have you drank any water today? And just like starting with these basics because when we are dysregulated, sometimes we can be in a space of disconnection from our body. So we have to be extra intentional about making sure it is a holistic thing, right? So making sure that we're on a base level, giving it what it needs to be able to function food and drink wise. So on the hydration point, I actually, I'll show you my bottle. I actually, oh my gosh, don't think I have the same one. That's so great. We're showing each other our 64 ounce motivational water bottles right now. But it's the only way I'm able with my busy schedule to really know how much water I'm drinking every day and to make sure I'm drinking that much. Otherwise, I'll be like, oh, I had a cup maybe in the morning and, oh, I always have my water bottle with me. This is a good place for us to take pause. Make sure you come back tomorrow to listen to the last of our three-part series with Michelle, where she'll walk us through how to listen to and communicate with our bodies and ways we could regulate our nervous system in less than a minute. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Kerry Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there is a topic you would like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or join our new Facebook community. Sending you love and light until next time on the Mom Wife Career Life podcast with Carrie Patton.